A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Chapter 15 Baby Daddies Georgia thought she handled the month-long wait very well, but if you ask Franklin, he would say she was a fidgety, nervous mess. He tried his best to divert Georgia from her obsession, the tiny embryo 55A-87, that was blissfully floating in a cylinder in the hatchery, completely oblivious of the woman who was so concerned over its welfare. Franklin still wasn't entirely on board with Georgia's willingness to risk so much for the chance of raising her, their, child, but couldn't help but feel a little excited for her. After all, she had managed to successfully find their embryo and switch it for a close match. He was feeling kind of proud of her for that. Franklin was officially identified as sperm donor 87 by the RTs, but he didn't really know which of his more recent pairings was egg donor 55A, the mother of the embryo Georgia switched with theirs to avoid the first screening. He always introduced himself as Franklin in the courtship lounge, and usually the egg donor would share her first name as well. It was better to keep pairings friendly, but casual. A few of the egg donors he'd been with wouldn't use their name at all, but introduced themselves by their alphanumeric surname. He had been with four different egg donors the previous month, not counting Georgia, during his weekly shifts at the RC. All four women shared similar physical features with Georgia, except for her red hair, the rare trait that designated her as an exotic. All of the women during the last month had light brown hair and brown eyes and were all slightly overweight. They were probably stress eaters like Georgia. Only one of Franklin's recent conquests shared that she was in a serious relationship. She showed visible relief when he reassured her that he was in a relationship as well. Somehow, that bit of information made it easier for both of them to follow through with the task at hand. Georgia asked Franklin a while back if he ever wondered if the children he saw around Sector B could be his offspring. He lied to her about it. He did wonder about it occasionally, especially when he would come across a particularly handsome and gangly boy who was tall for his age. Franklin had been taller than his peers throughout his boyhood. He was now just average in height, but most of his height was due to his unusually long and skinny legs. Georgia called them ostrich legs from a photo she saw about a strange extinct creature that used to inhabit Mother Earth. New Earth had no animal life, except, of course, for the human descendants of the original humans who stepped off the pioneer, 
There was plenty of plant life, though. There were several species of ferns, thick patches of slippery moss that covered much of the damp surface area of the planet, and, of course, the ever-present palms. New Earth's inhabitants had found a way to ferment the palm hearts into the bitter ale that was the beverage of choice for those seeking temporary escape, or, as in Franklin's case, a bit of swagger. Franklin was a very shy person by nature, but his job required him to lose his inhibitions quickly and often. A few bottles of palm ale before a pairing usually did the trick, so he was always sure to keep his tiny refrigerator well-stocked with the stuff. Okay, I'd better get along, Georgia announced as she grabbed her jacket. Do you want me to walk with you? He knew she'd refuse, but he thought he should at least offer. No, it's better if we aren't seen together so much. It needs to be just another day in the courtship lounge. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, well, take it easy. He leaned against the doorframe and watched her struggle to pull her jacket over her jumpsuit. I'll be here when you get back. Georgia didn't respond or give him the usual peck on the cheek, though he leaned toward her in anticipation. Instead, she slipped past him and put her head down in determination, trudging forward on the familiar slushy path, crunching the yellow ice under her boots. It didn't take long before she was jamming her thumb into the RC scanner and heard Tiffany's chirpy voice coming through the speaker. Hey, Georgia, I'll buzz you in. The deadbolt slid open, and Georgia pushed through the door of the RC, pausing to remove her boots as part of the now well-established routine. She placed them on a low shelf and shuffled in her stocking feet toward the counter, where Tiffany was busily inputting data into a computer. So, who's my Prince Charming this month? Please tell me it's not that guy with the overbite. Tiffany shook her head no, but kept her eyes fixed on the screen so as not to give away her feelings of excitement over the upcoming pairing she was about to supervise. No, he's a new one. He was transferred here from another sector. He seems nice. Well, Georgia started unzipping her jumpsuit. This should be interesting. She stepped into the glaring violet light of the courtship lounge and took a seat on the overstuffed turquoise couch that had replaced the old club chairs. The familiar heavy beat of disco music played too loudly in the background. The table was set with two bottles of palm ale and some nondescript crackers. She now understood why Iris had gotten so wistful over her memory of champagne and fresh strawberries. She uncapped one of the bottles and took a large swallow, wrinkling her nose at the bitter aftertaste. Hello there. A pudgy middle-aged man with a pasty complexion and orange-red hair entered the room. He put his hand out. I'm Phil. Georgia shook his hand. I'm Georgia. It's nice to meet you. She offered him the other bottle of palm ale before taking another swig of her own. Here's to you. Phil accepted the bottle and swallowed its entire contents without coming up for air, then gasped and shook his head violently. Man, you think a person would get used to the taste of this crap, but it's impossible. 
he sat on the couch, a polite distance from Georgia, which he appreciated. At, at least this guy had some manners. So, I hear you're a transfer. Tell me about that. She sat back against the couch, expecting to hear a long story. Not much to share, really. They erased everything. All I remember is waking up in the realignment center. They called me Phil, handed me these clothes, and the next thing I knew, I was on a transport train to Sector B. My God. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Hey, it's okay. I'm fine. Just a little sore around my temples. This stuff, what do you call it again? He held up the empty bottle. Palm ale. Oh, yeah. The taste of palm ale is about all I remember from before. <laughs> Chuckled. I wish they had erased it, too. This stuff is awful. Georgia chuckled sympathetically. Yes, it's pretty bad. So, he looked around the room. Nice place, I guess. Lots of purple. He leaned forward to whisper. I'm sorry, Georgia, but could you tell me why I'm here? Georgia took a deep breath. This is a courtship lounge. I'm an egg donor, and it appears that we've been paired up to, you know. Oh, he jumped back against the couch. I had no idea. Maybe that's what you used to do before they, before they transferred you here. Yeah, maybe, he shrugged. Funny, you'd think a guy would remember something like that. Phil tapped his temple with his finger. So, you don't remember anything about your former sector? I was kind of looking forward to hearing about it. I've never been outside of Sector B. Why would you want to? This seems nice enough, if you don't mind my saying so. I guess. Georgia pulled her hair back away from her face. She couldn't help feeling disappointed. Well, I guess we should get on with it. Oh, sure. He looked embarrassed. Sorry, too much small talk. I, I get it. He started to pull off his jumpsuit and watched Georgia's shocked expression when she saw the triple row of puncture wounds that ran diagonally across his ample belly. What happened to you? That looks painful. I honestly don't know. It looks much worse than it feels. I woke up with a headache and this. He ran his hand across the pattern of indigo divots in stark contrast to his pale skin. The pairing between Georgia and Phil was efficiently executed, and despite the small talk Phil apologized for at the start, they had ample time to get to know each other before their shift was over. Georgia couldn't keep her curiosity at bay. So, what do you suppose you did to wind up in the realignment center? Your guess is as good as mine, he shrugged. I've heard of RTs getting sent there for fraternizing with donors. Some of them let their friendships lead them into breaking the security protocols. But that wouldn't explain, she pointed to his belly, that wouldn't explain those marks. Well, I remembered palm ale, so maybe over time some of my memories could come back. I hope so, well, for your sake. 
I'm not so sure I want to remember. He paused and massaged his temples with his fingertips. Damn, these headaches. He closed his eyes briefly, then jerked forward, his eyes wide with surprise. Hmm. There was a fence, uh, remember, a wire fence. Really? A wire fence? Well, that's something. Anything else? Think hard, Phil. Phil continued to press against his temples. I was holding something over my head. He put his hands in his lap. That's it. That's all I remember. Georgia watched his facial expressions carefully. Was that really all he remembered? Or was he just being careful? She couldn't blame him for wanting to avoid another visit to realignment. Phil stood up, yanked his jumpsuit over his ample belly and muttered, Gotta lay off the pall mail. <laughs> he grinned at Georgia, who was searching for signs of lucidity beyond what he was letting on. Well, I guess this is it, right? She nodded, feeling disappointed at this point. Just hit the call button and buzz the RT. She'll let you out. Well, it was very nice meeting you, Georgia. He walked across the room to hit the button as instructed and waited for the door to open to the reception room. Hey, Phil? Good luck. I mean, I hope everything works out for you. Yeah. Same here. Maybe I'll see you around? I wouldn't be surprised. Tiffany was a bit surprised to hear the buzzer go off so soon, especially after a new pairing. Those usually took a lot longer. Phil stared self-consciously down at the floor as he walked out of the courtship lounge and out the exit. Georgia was draped languidly on the couch, munching on a cracker. How did it go? He was nice, right? Very nice. Interesting guy. So you two got along? That's great. He's a ginger. <laughs> I'm sure you noticed. We were hoping it would work out between the two of you, but we didn't want to jinx it. Who's we? The RTs. We collaborate on selecting genetic pairings. Sophie was concerned that your DNA had too many similarities, but Julian said the familiar relationship between the two of you was far enough removed, so... Wait! Georgia spit out her cracker and sat up abruptly. Are you telling me Phil and I are related? Tiffany tried to avoid eye contact. You're like second cousins or something like that. No biggie. Gross! She shot a look of anger and disbelief at Tiffany. What the fuck? Look at it this way. You never would have met your cousin if it weren't for your red hair. You were lucky to find each other. And we found another solid ginger to pair you with, Georgia. That's a win-win if you ask me.